I wanted to introduce this show by giving people kind of a heads up. I messed up when I did the engineering, and when I first started the show, I didn't realize I had Wendy's mic completely muted, so you couldn't hear a word she was saying for the first 10 minutes of the show. So I've tried to re-edit the show to make it make some kind of sense, but uh, you'll have to please forgive the mistake because it was it was a pretty bad one. Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2018. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second... Yay! 4 p.m. Eastern Time, our daily dose of happy, second one for the day. And uh, the first one, we, we got Valentine's Day off to a good start, Wendy, because we gave people a, a whole bunch of ideas on how to love themselves so they can attract somebody else into their lives. And it was actually part two of a two-day two series. It was really good. So we've got our work cut out for us once more. Well, I, I have so anyway, to say, that's how my morning your, your story is wonderful, but I have to say, I'm sitting here with egg on my face. <laughs> Why? Because, oh, because of the musical thing? No, not, it, it, it's even crazier than that. Oh. What's crazy is, I didn't realize it, but your mic was muted. <laughs> so I heard you just fine, but our listeners didn't. <laughs> I'm thinking, you got to be kidding. Well, what is wrong with you? Pay attention, guy. Oh, no. So the... They missed my whole story? They missed the whole thing. It, I mean, they've they just been listening to Dead Silence and, and me chuckling occasionally. I mean, I, I just feel so bad. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe I did that. What? <laughs> okay, so oh, I'll tell you what. Goodness. While you're wiping your egg off the face, why don't I just start my story again? Because you know I <laughs> can tell fair. it again very easily. That's and fair. Just try to laugh at all the appropriate places like you'd never heard this before. Is that fair? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, holy cow! <laughs> it's one of those okay, things. So, like, oh, it's hard to it's hard to let go of. I just gotta let go of it. That's all there is to it. That's okay. So, was I on mute when I told the first part of the story, or only after? You've been on mute since we when, started the okay. podcast, and so people have only been hearing half the conversation, which is why I'm just sitting here with this big beet red face. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Okay, everybody in the audience, take this moment to like send Walt happy good thoughts. Oh, thank like, you. Walt made mistakes before. So he can get over this like really easily, like just move right on. Because you know what, we've all done stuff like that. And oh now that you've goodness. done it, you'll never do it again. Yeah, oh yeah, you can count on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my All right, so goodness. I'm going to tell my story, done. So, like I had said a couple days ago on one of the other podcasts, that I had wanted to have a, a mole removed, and as I was asking my inner being for guidance. I was led to ask my chiropractor because I see a month referral, which I got. And then when I went to call the referral, it just didn't feel very good to me. It's like nothing about it was connecting. The calendar wasn't connecting. I wasn't, they weren't going to let me see the doctor. I'd have to see their uh, uh, physician's assistant. And so I blew that off, not in an ugly way, but like it just didn't feel right. So the next piece of guidance I got was to go online, and I did, and I found a, an, a place that was really close by, and I looked at the doctor's picture, and he looked really happy, and I liked that. So the, the appointment was this morning. Okay, am I still being heard? I'm not you're you're right still now. on. You're still on, yes. <laughs> okay, testing, cool. one, two, testing. 
<laughs> so I go into the office this morning, and, well, before I did, I was laying in bed, um, you know, before I got up to get ready, and I, you know, I've been told that what I should expect is to go in for a consultation, and then probably, you know, they'll set me up next week or sometime after, you know, to come in and, like, actual procedure done where they remove it, but I thought, oh, it would be so lovely if we could get it done today, because I'm on vacation, and if I wait until next week, I'll be really super busy next week because I'll have a whole inbox from this week's emails that I'm not addressing all waiting for me next week. So I was like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if, but I was like, you know, but whatever happens, happens. I'm really totally cool with it. So I go into the office this morning, and I had a 9 o'clock appointment, and, you know, I was sitting there, and the, the receptionist was lovely. And I was actually watching the TV they had in the reception area with the uh, Kelly and Ryan show, and I got really engrossed in their Valentine's Day conversation. And so literally the receptionist was calling me, and I wasn't hearing her because I did a TV show, which I laughed. And so anyway, I go back, and um, a nurse takes me to the little room, and she's asking me questions. And one of the things that... I really was liking is it felt very informal, which is totally good for Wendy because I like informal, I like personable, I don't like the cold and sterile feeling of doctors' offices. Mm. So uh, when she put, ha- asked me to, you know, put on the paper gown, um, I even said to her, "I went, are you gonna like be here when I get undressed?" And she said, "Is that a problem?" I said, "Well." I didn't want to, like, start getting undressed and then have you, like, walk out and then have the door wide open while I'm in a state of nakedness. <laughs> she goes, no, I'll just turn my back. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's cool. So I, I get undressed, and I put on the little paper gown. And so I'm sitting in this chair in the doctor's office, and she's all finished with me, and she says, um, the doctor will be here in just a few minutes. I'll tell him that you're ready. I'm like, okay. Well, this is the part where in most doctor visits, you sit in the paper gown feeling kind of stupid for mm. about, oh, 15 to 30 to 45 minutes yep. thinking, why mm. do they make me wait so long? <laughs> yep. Within like three minutes, the doctor opens the door with a big smile on his face, and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even have to wait an eternity. This was wonderful. And so he introduces himself to me, and we kind of make small talk, and I you know, told him I was a fashion designer and how I had per- purposely fashioned this paper gown and he loved it and we we were just being really silly mm-hmm. um and so you know before i knew it he he looked at the mole and he says okay so do you want to have it removed and i went well yeah that's what i'm here for i said how do we do it and he says well we'll just take it off and i said today and he went yes would you like it today and i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> so he said okay i'll be back in a few minutes and we'll take care of that so now the nurse says to me, she says, I'll need you to sign a consent form, and I did. And, I mean, within like three minutes, she had the injection ready for, you know, to numb it. The doctor comes back in, boom, boom, he, he's already cut it off, he's put a Band-Aid on, and he's like, all done. And I'm like, really? <laughs> because honestly, Walt, from the time he walked back in the room to the time it was gone and the Band-Aid was on was maybe all of 90 seconds. It really blew my mind how quick this was, because I've been waiting to do this for years. And so, you know, he leaves, and, you know, I'm, like, sitting at the the front desk, and I'm I'm paying my money. And, you know, again, I had Googled, and it said this could cost anywhere from 500 to 1,200, and insurance may not cover it. And I thought, whatever it is, 
I'm doing it. You know, I didn't even ask the money. And between my deductible and what had to be paid, because, like, I hadn't paid any deductible this year, so it was all out of pocket, it was $245. It was, like, so much less than when all the Googling said it was going to cost. That's good news. I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, and it's done. So when I, I, I was back in my car at 930. This, <laughs> this is the kind of doctor's appointment everybody should have. It was such yeah, right. an easy breathing. Oh, my gosh, it was so f- fabulous. But the reason I tell it is not because the whole world needs to know I had a mold. <laughs> oh, really? I thought that was the whole point of the whole thing. <laughs> but the reason I tell it is because when I follow the impulses that come to me, the most amazing experience unfolds. Things such as this that, like, cause me to feel such a level of amazement at how much orchestration the universe does on my behalf so that I can have an experience that has this level of, I absolutely love it. And I don't know why I'm so surprised every time these things happen, because I can hear Abraham almost whispering in my ear. No, I am not, by the way, really hearing Abraham. But I know Abraham's uh, (laughs) sense of humor so well that I I can envision them saying to me, yes, dearie, this is how it's supposed to be. (laughs) There shouldn't be such an astonishment. (laughs) This is what you expected when you signed on for this plan. (laughs) It's true, though, because I know that I am, I guess it's part of the fun, too, but I am often, perhaps even regularly, amazed when stuff happens that I know Law of Attraction teaches us should happen, and it does normally happen, but even so... I mean, like today, Louise and I decided we were going, instead of going out for dinner, we decided we'd go out for lunch, which is actually a rather extended thing because we went from where we live, north of Hartford, down to Stamford, Connecticut, which is near the New York line. It's about, normally, without, with no traffic, it's about an hour trip. With traffic, it's about an hour and a half. So it was about an hour and a half each way just to go to lunch. And the reason we went to this particular oh. place, it's it's a rather upscale diner, but it's, it's still a diner. But the thing that's great about it is they have the most unbelievable Greek gyros that you've ever had in your life. They are just delicious. The lamb practically melts in your mouth. It's so good. So it's definitely worth the trip. Uh, anyway, we're, we're driving down there, and you know, there's you know, the typical business day traffic. Nothing really surprising. But I knew how popular this place was, and so I wanted to put the intention out. I, I don't do this very often. But I've had a lot of success with it in the past, so I decided I wanted to put the attention out that there was going to be a parking place, you know, a nice, uh, convenient place. There would be a place available because this is a place that could fill up entirely. The entire parking lot could be jammed. And so I I wanted the universe to hold a parking place for me and make it, you know, really easy for us to get in and get out. What I didn't realize was exactly how powerful I am. (laughs) Because when we got there, I pulled into the parking lot. And the best parking spot right next to the door was waiting for us. <laughs> and I'm saying, you got to be I kidding me. <laughs> and I didn't even ask for that. I just wanted a parking place. To make it even better, we, we park there, we go in, we have this delicious meal. We come back out. And as we're walking to the car, the car whose nose was parked, um, you know, how uh, in some of these parking spaces you have cars going nose to nose. The, part, the car that was mm-hmm. in front of us pulled out just as we're walking to the car. So now I have a free and easy pass that just goes straight out of the parking space. I don't even have to back up of the darn thing. I mean, <laughs> now, I shouldn't be surprised about that. That's a pretty, you know, normal LOA thing. And I'm just sitting there dumbfounded. Like, all I did was ask for a parking space. I mean, come on. Wow. 
<laughs> you know what? Yesterday, we t- I was joking with you, but I know you were you took the intent of it seriously, where we talked about you getting off of the problem and solution stick. Oh, right, right, yeah. And, and moving to what I was making up and calling the, you know, easy flow um, whatever stick. And you said, there is one of those? And I said, <laughs> yes, yeah. Right. And you went, okay, sign me up. Well, look at that. I think you just got... Your first taste of being on your new stick of Easy Breezy. <laughs> Apparently I haven't completely left the old stick because I did leave you muted for about 10 minutes. But I'm getting there. I'm at least, I've got one leg onto the other stick, so that's good. <laughs> so you're, to- you're toggling between the two. I'm toggling, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's so fun. That's so totally fun. <laughs> It's almost like I need to have what um, we're, we're talking about in the book because uh, the next section of the book is where Abraham shares what they would share with us if they could uh, you know, communicate with us on our first day on planet Earth. And I'm thinking oh, to myself... I, I kind of sort of remember that chapter. This should be a good one. It is good. It's really good. And, and it's, it's one of those things where you know, we make a lot of jokes about how life doesn't come with an owner's manual. It would be helpful if life mm-hmm. came with an introductory you know, introductory remarks. Okay, welcome to Earth. Now, here are a few things you need to know. We know that you can't speak English yet, but don't worry. We'll tell you all in vibration. <laughs> maybe actually that has, maybe that conversation takes place. I don't know. I don't remember that, that at all. Maybe but it does. Maybe it does. Who knows? <laughs> but or maybe anyway. we know the entire owner's manual when we show up, and we don't even need to be told. And then so where did I leave it then? Because I left it somewhere. I don't know where it, it is. Because <laughs> other people try to rewrite the owner's manual for us, and then we forget what the original was. Oh, that's <laughs> what it was. It over, got overwritten. Yeah. That's true. Well, that that proves you have to protect your files. <laughs> you always have to make sure that you use the protected <laughs> files so they can't be overwritten. That's right. Do you have a backup? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you need a flash drive with your backup owner's <laughs> Gee, I didn't know life came with a flash drive. That's cool. I didn't realize that. <laughs> no, it is. No, no, flash drive in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I, I've taken some silly pills today. <laughs> oh, I, I think we're way over the edge right now. <laughs> we really need to get back to something that's slightly more serious. I mean, this is supposed to be a fun show, but let's get real. <laughs> So anyway, right, let's throw in a little bit of meetingness with with uh, let's get yeah, that's right. all about. That'll round it out, right? So anyway, let's let's read a little bit of it. It says, first of all, it's, it's subtitled "Welcome, Little One, to Planet Earth." So that kind of sets the mood. It says, "You may be feeling that it would be easier to be hearing these words if they had come to you on the first day of your experience upon this planet Earth." Well, that's what we were just saying. And if we were talking to you on your first day of physical life experience, this is what we would be saying. Welcome, little one, to planet Earth. There is nothing that you cannot be, do, or have. You are a magnificent creature, and you are here by virtue of your powerful and deliberate wanting to be here. You have specifically applied the wondrous science of deliberate creation, and by your ability to do that, you are here. Go forth, giving thought to what you want, attracting life experiences to help you decide what you want, and once you have decided, giving thought only unto that. Most of your time will be spent collecting data, data that will help you decide what it is you want. Your real work is to decide what you want and then focus upon it, for it is through focusing 
upon what you want that you will attract it. That is the process of creating, giving thought to what you want, so much thought and such clear thought that your inner being offers forth emotion. And as you are giving thought with emotion, you become the most powerful of all magnets. That is the process by which you will attract what you want into your experience. Many of the thoughts that you will be thinking will not be powerful in their attracting, not in the beginning, unless, not unless you stay focused upon them long enough that they become more. For as they become more in quantity, they become more in power. And as they be, are becoming more in quantity and more in power, the emotion that you will be feeling from your inner being will be greater. When you think thoughts that bring forth emotion, you are accessing the power of the universe. So go forth, we would say, on this first day of your life experience, knowing that your work is to decide what you want and then focus upon that. No, that actually, who needs a, a, a user's manual? That's it. That's all we need to know. If somebody explained that to me and that had actually stuck in my memory, wow, this life could have been even more amazing than it already is. Like You know, I really like this. I'm going to reread this paragraph because this is what I'd love to focus on right okay. now. It says, many of the thoughts that you will be thinking will not be powerful in their attracting, at least not in the beginning, mm. unless you stay focused upon them long enough that they will become more. For as they become more in quantity, they become more in power. And as they are becoming more in quantity and more in power, the emotion that you will be feeling from your inner being will be greater. Yeah, that's pretty key. That, that would have been really, really good to know. It's, that's really good to know now, actually, now that I think about it. Because how many, uh, how many people on the planet Earth today, even as adults, aren't aware of that? Yeah, and how many of us who like know this and use this every day? Oh, can I raise my hand? Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's the focusing on something um, over and over is what it sounds like, where you that actually amps up the power of the broadcast that you're sending out into the universe, so that the universe can actually uh, um, do the matching thing. Right. Right. And it's kind of interesting, too, that this all is being presented on the first day, according to the, the scenario that we're putting together, right? So, essentially, the newly born us into our newly born physical body, the first message we're getting is, okay, here's how you do it. Go! I love that concept. I mean, I just love that concept. I mean, literally, we can be going go anytime during our lives. But I can keep thinking to myself, wow, what, I wonder what I might have selected differently if I really understood this from day one. And I don't know what the answer to that is, but all I can think is, like, it's like we were talking about before in the midst of me forgetting to turn your volume on. <laughs> it, it's like, you know, what, what happens when you exceed the, the, the speed of joy? What happens when joy becomes joyer? What happens when you exceed the speed of joy? What happens when joy becomes even more joy? I don't know how to even answer that one, but that's got to be what it is. That's got to be what it's like. Maybe I'll find out next year. This this, this section is talking about the importance of us choosing and then staying focused on it so that it can actually become. The last little part of this, Paragraph, um, let me look at it again, says, as they are becoming, meaning our thoughts, 
more in quantity and more in power. The emotion that you are feeling from your inner being will be greater. Yeah. You know, i got to tell you, from your inner being, I've never really thought about experiencing and feeling emotion from my inner being. I've only thought about feeling emotion from me, the physical part of me. I've never thought about actually receiving emotion, an emotional response from my inner being. You're right. That is not yep. normally the way we think about emotion, is it? No. And yet I was listening to um, an Abraham CD yesterday that I kind of listened to the, it was the very tail end of the CD. I listened to it like several times because it really caught my attention. It was very similar to this, um, where it was like, this is what we would tell you on day one. And the end of their, their little rampage said something like, um, and we would tell you that, you know, as you focus on something, your inner being is going to speak to you to give you direction and guidance. It's mm-hmm. like you won't be alone in this earthly life here. It's like you will be connected to your inner being at all times, and your inner being is going to share the guidance with you. And then there was an admonishment, so you, in physical form, be listening for it. Mm-hmm. And then it was, our, we, the inner being, will speak loud enough that you can hear us. But you, as a physical being tune in tune in and listen to what we're going to share you won't go astray you will always have guidance available to you and be listening for it so it's a combination that they're talking about here because on the one hand in in the uh the the recorded version you're talking about it was about us listening on the other hand in this written version here it's about when we get more and more focused and our emotional level gets built up at the inner being level. So the inner being gets more excited as we keep focusing and focusing and focusing. It's so so there's a two-way communication going on there. I think the two work together. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've often heard Abraham talk, talk about how um, we have our non-physical being, which is the inner being, and then we have us who we consider the physical being, but that each one of us, each aspect of us, if you will, each can vibrate each can actually be broadcasting something differently. And so and, and they I've heard them say that we are always broadcasting two signals. That which our inner being is broadcasting, which by the way always equals all the positive goodies that we have asked for in our lifetime. And then there's the part of us that's in physical form, we also are vibrating something and sending it out into the universe. And so as I think about it, I don't know why the word Valentine just popped up. It's like our Valentine lovely, adorable message for us today, which is, hey, we're always sending out the best, most positive broadcast on your behalf as we possibly can. And when you send out a broadcast that's on the same wavelength, poof, manifestation occurs. Yeah. But we're always hanging in there on your behalf sending the best possible vibration on every given subject. And the only thing that's missing sometimes from us getting what it is we want is that we're not on the same wavelength that our inner being is holding for us. And, you know, as I'm reading and looking at the parts that I read, there's actually one last paragraph that I didn't read. Um, All the paragraphs that I read were in italics. This last one's not in italics, so that's why I kind of stopped there. But as I'm looking at it while you're talking, I'm realizing there's another concept going on here, and it's brought up in that paragraph. So let me read it. It says, 
But we are not talking to you on the first day of your life experience. You have been here for a while. Most of you have been seeing yourself not only through your own eyes, parentheses, in fact, not even primarily through your own eyes, and parentheses, but through the eyes of others. Therefore, many of you are not now currently in the state of being that you want to be. That's an interesting thing to say. And I'm not sure I totally understand what they're saying. Which others are they talking about? Do you have a sense uh, of that? People. Other people yeah, here in the physical parents, world. Your wife, your, okay. Your yeah. So, so that makes other more people. sense. So essentially they're saying, instead of looking through our own eyes, we've been looking through our parents' eyes and through our teachers' eyes and our colleagues' eyes and so forth. And doing it more so than through our own eyes. And I'm having a little trouble with that. As in, like, you're having trouble understanding it or knowing how that's working if you're even doing that? Well, I can kind of see metaphorically how I could be looking through the eyes of others. That's where you're trying to live up to the standards of others. But I get the sense they're talking more specifically than that, and I'm not sure, to borrow the phrase, to borrow the metaphor they're using, I'm not sure what that looks like. What, what's it like in the way that they're describing to look through the eyes of others? What do you think they're talking about there? Are they talking about, like, the metaphorical thing, or are they talking about more than that? I think it's more than that. Um, I know my own personal experience, um, like, as I have, you know, been embarking on different things I want to do, um, as I think about something like, okay, let's say, oh, gosh, let me make up something. Okay, let's say I decide I want to go buy another, I, I want to get another car. Okay. Well, I can hear in my head, and this is where I think the others are, the others in my head, which is the collective uh, community of all, all the opinions that I've heard society speak. In my head, I would think, well, why on earth would you get a new car? There's nothing wrong with the one you have. You have no car payments. Um, why would you... It's like, for what purpose? Why do you need a new car? Can't you be, you have, my God, for goodness sake, you have a Jaguar. Why do you need to get a new car? <laughs> and so the collective others in my head would be disputing that just because I want one, that doesn't seem like a good enough reason to get one. Okay. So for you, the, the other eyes are actually other voices. They're, they're the, the voices in our heads of our parents and, and, and you know, the critical voices and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the kind of the accumulation of all the societal voices you've taken in. You've taken in voices from the media, from you know, um, from your schooling, from your spouse, from your parents, from the people around you. That you know, I think at any given point, if we pick a topic, we could probably agree on what we think society believes about it. Okay. You know, like if we think if we think about our government. You know, I would say the majority of people um, in America think our government doesn't work, that there's, it's something broken and it needs to be fixed. Now, have I talked to and polled every person in our, gov in, in our, our world or, our, I should say, our country in order to know that? No. But I certainly have seen enough on the news and the magazine covers and Facebook and whatnot and, and talked to a handful of people that give me that impression. And so if I, um, strong as I am in choosing my own opinion and not listening to the gallery of others, which sometimes um, Abraham calls the peanut gallery, <laughs> um, my, 
I think most people live by the default of whatever the peanut gallery says about a given subject, and that's what they believe. So I believe that's what Abraham's talking about in this paragraph, that hmm. the peanut gallery is the okay. others. Okay. Well, it, it does help, yeah, because I was taking eyes literally, and so I was trying to imagine not only what's it like when I'm looking through the eyes of another, but then it occurred to me that also implies the reverse. Somebody could be looking through my eyes, and now I'm beginning to wonder, you know, is this yet another way of lost privacy? <laughs> you know, we got the government spying on me, we got, you know, the, the big data corporations collecting big data, now all of a sudden people are looking through my eyes? Hold on a second, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that, did I? <laughs> But uh, now that I understand in forms, uh, in the form of like those voices in the head, which is kind of a, a, it's sort of a metaphorical way of saying we're hearing, you know, in our memory what we, we remember other people saying to us, then that, okay, I can see how that would be true. We do tend to have a, ten, uh, a, a tendency toward listening toward to, to those voices when we probably shouldn't, most of the time we should probably ignore those voices, but that's not always easy to do. Regarding the government, I have to tell you, I was obsessed with that for many, many years, and I've gotten to the point now where I don't even pay attention to it anymore. I, I concluded long ago that the government was broken, and it took me a while, but I finally lost interest. <laughs> I just I don't care anymore. <laughs> and I know that sounds callous, but I just don't really care anymore. I, I, I care so little that literally the only thing I pay attention to is just a few of the headlines just to see if there's any, anything entertaining going on. But in terms of what actually happens with the government, especially now that I understand how law of attraction works, I just don't care about it anymore. Law of attraction is so much more powerful anyway. So the more people who learn how to be deliberate creators, the less need there is to even consider having a government, to even pay attention to it, you know, to, to rely on it, to lean on it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So why worry about it? That's the way I'm looking at it now. I would agree. Yep. So we actually zoomed through that faster which is really remarkable i blew the first 10 minutes which you had to repeat repeat that and, and, and then you retold your story and then we went to this and we actually finished the second should we try another section i mean we've got like uh, yeah, 20 minutes left it, it, it's the next one's the next pretty short it's rather small so I yeah think, i think we can get through that one all right so, so let's forth. do it so so it's called is my reality really all that real which is a great question by the way so it says, we intend to offer you a process whereby you can achieve the state of being that is of your choosing so that you can access the power of the universe and begin attracting the subject of your wanting rather than the subject of what you feel is your actual state of being. For from that, from our perspective, there is a very great difference between that which now exists, which you call your reality, and that which your reality really is. Even if you sit in a body that is not healthy or in one that is not of the size, shape, or vitality that you choose, in a lifestyle that does not please you, driving an automobile that embarrasses you, interacting with others who do not bring you pleasure, we want to assist you in understanding that while they may seem to be your state of being, it need not be. Your state of being is the way you feel about yourself at any point in time. And that's been a subject around this house anyway, between my wife and I for quite some time, a subject of discussion, because we are realizing more than ever just how limiting this idea of, well, that's just the way things are, really is. I mean, we by, by taking on those clothes, so to speak, it's incredible how many limits we put on ourselves. And if we can just find ways to learn to shake that off, 
all kinds of stuff opens up to us. I, I think we're just barely beginning to get a sense of just how big that potential really is. So the very last sentence says, your state of being is the way you feel about yourself at any point in time. Right. So what that says to me is that our reality is malleable. Yes. We shift our what we consider our reality is based on whatever we're believing we are and it is right now. That, that's pretty powerful. That's very powerful. Remember I, told, I, I was joking yesterday about uh, the sign that whenever I, I worked in an office, I used to put on my, my cube wall and it says, reality is just your imagination. <laughs> yes. And it took me a long time to understand that. And I didn't have that on my wall for other people to be, you know, like, um, inspired by it, it was so I could keep staring at that <laughs> because I I have always been a reality junkie in terms of what is, it is. Mm. You know, I believe that whatever I saw, that's what really is. Right. And if you think back to the Matrix movie, mm-hmm. when Neo is learning, you know, he's sitting with a group of kids and they're all like practicing the exercise of bending a spoon with their mind. Right. That was like the perfect metaphor of... We think the object is solid, says this one little child. Mm-hmm. And he said, but in, in reality, it's not. And so with his own mind, he would bend it, and it would become like liquid, practically silver. And you're like, <laughs> oh. I mean, so the concept of what is is only what is if you think it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, L- Louise uh, and I were we're, we're watching. Um, there's a movie that came out a number of years ago called "What the Bleep Do We Know." I don't know if you've seen that one, um, but it, I it, did, but I don't remember much of it. It, it touches uh, in a number of ways with a, with kind of a visual presentation on the implications of quantum physics, and it, it also has a rather extensive part in the second half where they they kind of go off the deep end with their exploration of, of emotions from the point of view of the positive psychology movement. But <laughs> put that part aside. That, that part is great if you want to study abnormal psychology. If you're not interested in abnormal psychology, just to skip the second half of the movie. But the first half is pretty good because, among other things, they present a very key concept in quantum physics, which is that it is possible to have a particle that turns into two separate particles on two separate paths. And you can actually record that using modern scientific instrumentation. And that creates all kinds of philosophical problems and, and, and epistemological problems, problems about like, you know, how we originally put science together as a culture over the millennia. You know, the, the foundations of science basically got undermined by that particular principle. Well, we, we got talking about that and we began to realize that that is it's kind of the proof that many of us have been looking for that, yeah, reality is only whatever we decide that it is and that it is, like you say, malleable. If you've got the same particle occupying two places at the same time, in theory, that shouldn't be possible. And yet it is, which means it has to be malleable. There, there's no other possible explanation. It's got to be malleable. Otherwise, there couldn't be two different versions of the same thing. It just couldn't happen, right? It, it's one of those things where right. it, when you sit with it long enough, you begin to realize that everything we think we know, we really don't know as well as we thought we did about reality. Um, an example, when you when you zoom in on 
uh, and you have to kind of do this theoretically because while we have electron microscopes, they don't give us this level of, of depth of being able to see. If, if you zoom in on an atom and you zoom in to see like the proton or the protons and the neutrons and the electrons going around it, what you find is a whole lot of nothing. You can't see them. They are so, so they, they, they occupy such a tiny, tiny piece of the overall space of that atom. And on top of that, even when you think that you're going to find them, you look there and they're not there. They're only there when you're not looking. Well, that, that's just bonkers. That's, <laughs> that, that's, just, that's just crazy. Yeah. Which, which raises the question, well, what is there? Well, right now the current scientific thinking is that there's nothing there. There's, there's just empty space. But what Einstein told us I think is is really true. Einstein told us, no, no, no. There there is an energy throughout the universe, and that's pretty much what Abraham teaches us. That energy is what you and I might call the, the non physical energy, the spiritual energy, the the God energy, you know, whatever you want to call it, the source energy. And I think that's ultimately what you end up seeing at the center of an atom. So if all that's there is source energy, well, that means that what we think of as matter really isn't matter <laughs> it's energy and that just i mean at this point you're kind of in in that spoon bending territory right because now all of a sudden your mind is like melting like the spoon did <laughs> well so okay that to me was like the really scientific version of what we're talking about mm -hmm. now i'm going to kind of jump to like the the abraham version of what okay. we're talking about um you know abraham encourages us to see our future in a way that it is so real to us, we're feeling the satisfaction of it in the now. And they say that when you're feeling it now, manifestation is inevitable. Mm -hmm. It's the next logical step. Right. So what I find fascinating is one day a, a person was sitting in the hot seat and he was talking about this car that he just loves and how it's parked in his driveway and when he looks at it, it, it just is ex it's exhilarating to him and he loves to get in it and start it up and take it out on the highway and how it just has incredible power under the hood and, you know, that he feels free. And, I mean, he's just, like, developing this story that is just, like, magnanimous. Mm. And, you know, I'm a listener and Abraham says, okay, to all of you who are listening, you're probably wondering, like, what's he talking about? <laughs> and, like, why is he talking about it? And we're all like, yeah. Then Abraham says the next thing, which is pretty fascinating. And you don't know if what he's talking about is what he's hoping for in the future or what already exists for him. And i got to tell you, I was one of those people going, is he to beef up what he wants for the future? Or is this his now reality? Mm -hmm. And so Abraham asked him, so is this your now reality? And he says, yes. And then there was kind of like this awareness, oh, shoot, the way the question was asked, we still don't know if it's real that's or not. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and so I can't remember how Abraham started asking some more questions, but the truth was it had not yet occurred, but it was really hard to get this guy in the state of mind that he could be so in the what is present that he could and was willing to, not that he was being resistant, 
But it was so real to him. The future was so in his now mm-hmm. that he had a hard time saying words that would help us in the audience understand whether it had already manifested or not. Oh, yeah. I was experiencing that and, exact same phenomenon yesterday. I experienced it. Right. With me, when we were on the phone, you with and you, I? With, yep, I experienced it with you. And I also experienced it with Tom during the evening session, both times. Mm-hmm. And it was the exact same thing where... You were telling me, and I even told part of that story, you know, referring to it as Project X, of course, where you, you were telling the story, and I was starting to believe that it was already happening. And then I was reminding myself, oh, wait a minute, no, this is what she's trying to manifest, and I pulled my mind back. And then within seconds, I'd be back to, I'm believing this is what's actually happening. I was actually watching myself dithering back and forth between those two states. And I did the same thing with Tom. Tom was telling a story, and I was getting the exact same kind of effect going on. So I can fully appreciate what's going on when you have an entire audience listening to this guy basically doing his affirmations with total belief, and your conscious mind can't decide if he's telling this is what his reality is or this is what he's trying to attract. Because the mind isn't capable of differentiating that. And that, I believe is the essence of what the chapters or the the sections that we've just read about what Abraham would want to say to us on day one of our life experience on this planet to help us uh, be guided toward here is the most effective way of living life. Yeah. Live it as though it already is. Whatever you desire, just so completely envelop yourself in the story of it, in the satisfaction of it, in the feeling of it, in the juiciness of it, in every little detailed aspect of it, so that you're being satisfied now where you don't have to wait until it shows up in three-dimensional reality. Enjoy it now. And then, because you're enjoying it now, it's showing up in three-dimensional form is the next logical step. The universe will bring it to you, and then you get satisfied in that. And then you ask for something new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you start up the process. You keep going. You keep going, right, yeah. <laughs> In fact, as you, yeah. Were, as you were talking about that, it occurred to me, you know what? Synchronicities, a synchronicity could be defined as merely my reaction to the fact that my reality just shifted and I couldn't keep up with it consciously. <laughs> You know what? I don't think I understood that from a logical perspective, but I think I felt the understanding. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure if I can be more specific than that, but I'll try. It was like an That's insight it. that came, and I'm still trying to, to piece it together. But literally, when we have a synchronicity happen to us, what's really happening is we are still, in a sense, our minds are still in the, what I'll call the old reality scenario. And we've just been kind of like shifted into a new reality scenario that's a little bit different in some significant way that we noticed as a synchronicity. So we, we were in one, we, we basically perceived reality as one, quote, reality, right? And then what we perceived turned into a different, quote, reality. It had a, a, a subtle difference to it, and that difference is what we call the synchronicity. That difference, we can't explain it. We can't say what had happened. So we say, well, it just kind of, this unexpected thing happened. And we call it a synchronicity. And that's the best we know how to describe it. But what we really experienced was a shifting of our, 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 our so-called reality to a different so-called reality. That's the best I can explain it. 
I, I don't even have words to jump in on that one. Sometimes, <laughs> Walt, I've got to be honest with you. You have such a unique way of thinking, and I don't mean that at all, bad, good, or otherwise. You have a unique way of thinking that is outside of my unique way of thinking that I, I can appreciate and uh, enjoy listening to how you put ideas together. But because they're outside of how I put ideas together, I'll, I get to just listen. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing with that one. It's like, wow, got to let that one sink in. If it helps any, I don't think I understand it any better than you do. I'm putting ideas together, <laughs> and I know that they feel good, but my conscious mind is saying, what? <laughs> well, and, and I think I, I'm wondering for myself if how you're using the word synchronicity is slightly different than... And, you know, we've already discussed defining terms makes oh, yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. Um, but, like, a, when I was out and about, you know, going from the doctor's office to the, out through the city, um, I was focusing on Project X, and only because I'm not divulging the specific contents of it, um, this may not make sense, but hopefully it will. Um, so I saw it, I was focusing on Project X. I got some new insight this morning as to some things that not only am I to focus on, but some things to do some Google searching. Um, and while I was kind of going about my morning, I was just kind of asking, like, is this really making sense for me? Like, is, am I really on the right path? And I saw a truck, and the name of the company of that truck was something that was um, a reference from my past mm -hmm. that had to do with the same subject as Project X. Oh, no kidding. And I laughed and I went, I haven't seen that. And that company is here in Dallas, but I haven't seen a tr that truck in so long. And if, and if it's passed by me, I haven't, uh, my attention has not been drawn to it. Mm -hmm. But today my attention was drawn right to that truck while I was sitting in traffic. And I went, okay, I'm on the right path. And then something else happened where I was in the grocery store and I saw um, like a newspaper, newspaper stand. There was a stand with like a bunch of newspapers, you know, like, um, and they looked like they were from Sunday, okay. which is the thick version that has right. the coupons and yep. the lifestyle section, whatever. Yep. And that, too, is a reference to something of Project X for me. Oh. <laughs> and I... I don't think I've seen newspapers being sold in a grocery store in 10 years. <laughs> you know, maybe they've probably always been there, but I've never paid attention. But today, my attention was diverted, and I was staring at it. And once again, I had this awareness of, yes, you're on the right track. You're, you're receiving the impulses. You're receiving the guidance. And those, the truck and the newspapers, because of what they're associated to in my experiences, they connect to Project X to let me know, yep, you're on the right track. <laughs> to me, that's synchronistic. It is. That's it how is. I would use this, the synchronicity, you know, yep. um, word. I, I, that's I, think, like, uh, I, I think you're right. I think we're, we have slightly different definitions, although I think that the definitions overlap. Um, because I agree that is synchronicity. Another definition for synchronicity would be something that happens unexpectedly. So it may be something that, like you say, you get that kind of a message, but it could also be something that just catches you by surprise. And it often is both. But anything that happens that, you know, 
it, you, you, you can't write it off as coincidence because uh, you've already convinced me there's no such thing as mere coincidence anyway. <laughs> so if I can't write it off that way. Well, but then these two, th- this thing happens that's in parallel with something else, and I don't necessarily have. I hope sometimes I'll have you know uh, like an inner message coming through or, or something that makes some sense that way. But sometimes I'll look at it and I'll say, "WTF? What what's going on with? It? I I don't understand what this thing is. I'm seeing this thing in parallel with something else, and I don't understand what it is." And those are the instances that I'm talking about where I say it's like my reality got shifted. Like I had a perspective within what I thought was reality and that perspective all of a sudden found itself looking at a different version of reality and I couldn't make sense out of it. Is, even though it's not, it's not the same, is it kind of like a deja vu experience where a deja little bit. vu kind of takes you yeah. back? Sure. Yeah. yeah, there's a similarity there. Yeah. And maybe I'm just playing with words. I'm not really even sure about that. All I know is it, it just you know struck what? me I, that there's there's something going on there. there. This is like a way of, it's like I'm trying to find words to describe what's it like when my sense of reality gets changed to a different sense of reality. Because we already know there's no such thing as an objective form of reality. It's what we created. Well, what happens when we change the creation? We manage to make a shift in that creation. Well, when we make that shift, when, in terms of, the, of experiencing it, it's like, the whole experience of reality changed to something else in a flash. Does that make sense? Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I just make note of it because I know that what I'm, the journey I'm on that you're on that we're all on is one of learning how to alter our reality. And in the process of doing that, there will be times when we succeed in doing it. And in many cases, our first reaction is, what happened? What just happened? I don't understand what just happened. (laughs) So I'm trying to find words to explain what happened. But I do know of one reality, which is our time is almost up. Well, actually, I'm going to give us a few more minutes because I have to cut out those 10 minutes that we had at the beginning. I mean, they're useless. It's just me talking and then the blank you know, for like going on for like five minutes and there's me saying something okay. that is a blank for five that just that doesn't work so i'm gonna let us go over a few more minutes here so we can fill out an hour because i'm gonna have to do some serious editing editing to cover up my faux pas <laughs> um <laughs> but I'm, I'm i i'm still fascinated by what they're saying here and, and that last paragraph about um about the let's see if, if i can find the thing here uh even if you sit in a body that is not healthy or in one that is not of the size, shape, or vitality that you choose, in a lifestyle that does not please you, driving an automobile that embarrasses you, interacting with others who do not bring you pleasure, we want to assist you in understanding that while that may seem to be your state of being, it need not be. Your state of being is the way you feel about yourself at any point in time. That's what led me to my whole little soliloquy there about what happens when reality shifts. And they aren't actually describing the shift in reality there, but they're setting it up. They're saying, you know, here are all the things we know you don't like about your life. Change to focusing on your emotions and shifting your emotions, and that reality is going to shift. And I I immediately went to, in my mind, okay, I shift my emotions. What does it look like when that reality shifts? And that's how I came up with my little scenario. It looks like, wait a minute, something, something just changed here. And I can't even tell you what it was. That's what it looks like. Well, backing up a little bit, it says, from our experience, there is a great difference between 
that which exists now, which you call reality, and that which your reality really is. Well, that raises another question. What did that mean? Well, so where I was going to go with that is how our whenever we have experience a contrasting experience, Abraham calls that step one. That's our asking. When even though we don't always consciously know that we're asking for something, when we experience something that's negative that we don't like, um, our our being is asking for something different. Mm-hmm. And in the moment we ask for something different, our inner being, which is our non-physical self, immediately becomes that new thing. It immediately embodies the energy, the vibration of the thing that we've just preferred, mm-hmm. even if we don't know what it is. Right. And so our inner being now is in a state of being that new vibrational energy, even though we, living here on Earth, are not there yet. So... There, in a sense, are the two different realities on the same subject. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Can we think of a negative something just so I can play with it? Um, a negative something? Uh, so we're in a conversation with somebody, and someone says something that really hurts your feelings. Okay, sure. They say some words that are just really rude and cruel, and you and you get your feelings hurt. Okay. So in that moment, you prefer... Not to have someone hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. You prefer mm-hmm. kind words being spoken to you. That's your preference. But you here on physical earth are still milking, I can't believe he said that to me. <laughs> I can't believe he had the nerve to do that. Yeah. You know, I don't deserve that. Look at all the things I've done for him, and yet he's so mean, and doesn't he see all these other things, blah, blah, blah. So our reality is we're upset, we're angry, our feelings are hurt, we've taken it personally. But in the moment we experience that, our inner being recognizes, oh, we prefer kindness. And our inner being is living in a state of where there is only kindness. Now, those are two different realities. Mm-hmm. Our inner being is in a state, uh, in a vibration of kindness. Right. And our physical being is in a state of feeling hurt. Yep. Hurt and, and angry. So those are two, yeah, two different realities. They are. So that kind of. That's kind of what I wanted to address in terms of, well, because Abraham says, I'll say it again, there's what you call your reality. Let's see, blah, 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 let me say it again. There is a great difference between that which now exists, which we would say the hurt feelings, mm-hmm. which you call your reality, those hurt feelings, and that which your reality really is. And I believe when Abraham refers to the second part, that which your reality really is, the really is is what your inner being is holding on to. Mm-hmm. Your inner being is holding on to the kindness right. factor. Right. That's and true. that's the great difference between the two. And when we can allow ourselves to move out of that state of hurt, because, you know, I, I've been there where I'm fixated on it. I just can't get over the fact that somebody had the nerve to be so unkind to me. Mm, sure. You yeah. know, I'm like, but I'm such a kind person. I did so much for them. How could they be so cruel? Right. Oh, my gosh, yes, I have been there. I mean, can you tell? I know this <laughs> one really well. And so when I stayed fixated on it and talked about it and called my girlfriend over it and told my husband about it and told my coworkers about it and everybody I could think of, I wanted to tell them about it because I wanted someone to, like, validate with me. I was 
I should not have been wrong. Right, yeah. But what I didn't realize, because Abraham hadn't spoken these words to me yet, what I didn't realize (laughs) was that by milking the, oh, I've been wronged, the drama of being hurt by somebody's words was holding me to that reality of being hurt. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what I believe Abraham is wanting to point out is if we can shift our, shift our thinking from being so fixated on we've been wronged to what our inner being knows and is actually embodying right now, which is the kindness, we can begin to shift our reality into the reality our inner being knows for us. Right, right. And I can actually play off that a little bit because the the, the topic I was trying to address very badly because it's not well formed yet, but I I can kind of leapfrog off of what you said there because you were describing a scenario where we get kind of stuck on a particular reaction to something that somebody else said. And, you know, kind of forgetting the whole thing about sticks and stones, right? But we got fixated on it. And it wasn't until we're able to change our emotional response to it that we start feeling better. And we start, you know, shifting away from getting in that stuck place. Now, I was taking that same feeling of you're kind of stuck and then you're shifting. And I was applying it to, like, what happens when something good manifests, and I'll use the example that I gave earlier about the parking place that we got when we went down to uh, get the lunch today. And the parking place was not only available, but it was the best parking place there. And we had the beautiful way of easily driving out after we were done, which was far beyond what I expected. The part that I was trying to address was the far beyond part. Because remember what my setup was. My setup was normally that parking lot fills up really fast. And especially around lunch hour in the middle of a business day, that parking lot is usually jammed. So I, I knew I needed to put out good, positive intentions in order to get that parking space available. And when I showed up, it was available, and that felt good. But then I got something that felt even better and more surprising, which was it was the best parking spot in the entire lot. And when we were done, we had a nice, easy way to get out. I didn't even have to back up. This, by the way, is a very, very cramped parking lot. So backing up is actually a big deal. And so just being able to drive right out, that was, like, wonderful. Well, that was that that shift I was talking about. Not only did I get what I was looking for, I got something better, and my conscious mind almost couldn't deal with it. Now, I did deal with it. I dealt with it with like, whoa, this is great. You know, so it was a nice, easy emotional reaction. But my my logical mind was saying, how the heck did that happen? <laughs> how did that happen? Okay, now I'm understanding better what you were trying to ex- express. Yeah. That's, that your that, conscious mind didn't seem to be able to catch up to what had really occurred. Exactly. Because what really occurred was so beyond your wildest imagination that you hadn't even imagined it. Oh, yeah. And on the flip side, the same thing can happen when something really bad happens. We say to ourselves, why did I deserve that? How on earth did that happen? <laughs> it's the exact same phenomenon. So, I mean, if anybody needs proof that reality is malleable, there's proof right there. Our conscious minds simply can't keep up with it. <laughs> we just, we boggle. Our minds boggle. And now we really have run out of so, time. So we'll have to, we'll have to draw the line there. <laughs> because we got, right, we've got plenty of stuff for me to edit to get it down to a nice tight one hour. But this has been great. I've been loving this. 
And I have a feeling we've just kind of opened a new can of worms that we'll continue to, to discuss in future shows. So Yeah, um, we love to play with our can of worms. We do, we? we do, but they're nice clean worms, so they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're gummy worms. <laughs> they're gummy worms. There you go. <laughs> Wendy, it's been a pleasure. Let's do it again tomorrow. You there? Oh, I lost you. Well, okay. I'm here. I'm oh, there here. you are. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's do it again tomorrow. Sound good to you? Yes. Sounds All right. good to me. Let's good. do it. <laughs> and tomorrow's going to be a nice clean sale compared to today. We'll see you all tomorrow here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs>